What is up, everybody? Welcome to the Not A Real Veteran Podcast. Here is my co-host and best friend, Braxton Voorhees, who's a Dutch, which is, is this is this Dutch that you have here in front of us? Uh, nine Deutsch. Um, okay. Is it really best friend? Ask Liebende Google Translate. Ah, so. Oh, whoops. Apparently, if you push the space bar, it takes people out of the... Wow. Well, that's good to know. Anyway, just you. I guess it just takes you out. Yeah, but let's get through these ad reads real quick. And we don't have as many as we used to, I don't think. But we do have Chris By for Alaska's congressman. You can learn more at itstimealaska.com. Chris is an awesome guy, super down to earth, has really good plans. Sean Thorne's also running, so he gets a free shout out because he's a good guy, too. And James Toyer, the people person. He puts people over politics and believes in people helping people. And his website is toyer4ky.com. And, well, yeah, this is his website. Sorry, I was going to be like that. Yeah, I had a really weird brain fart. I was like, that's the weirdest email address I've ever heard in my life. Good thing it's not an email address. And uh, the most important thing we could plug is the us. Ourselves. Not a real libertarian podcast. Find us on Earthing. Oh, and actually, that's uh, something. If you can fix it, I don't know. We're not streaming on the uh, Not a Real Libertarian Facebook page. Is one of the reasons we don't have as many live viewers. Same problem. Someone, I don't, I don't know how to fix that. We were saying a lot more last week, but okay, interesting. I don't know how to fix it either. But off to talk to a veteran caucus. Hold on. Oh, okay. We'll have to we'll have to have Bootleg do that. Anyway, let's get on with it to redemptiontactical.com where you can buy ballistic face masks, ballistic everything. Protect yourself from the impending doom and apocalypse. And go to proudlibertarian.com, search not a real libertarian for all your not a real libertarian merchandise needs. And not a real veteran has some cool stuff on there too. No, Jenny, we are not live. Super weird. But we are on the Veteran Caucus page, right? So yeah, it should be. Check us out there. Yeah, super cool. And we also have – oh, no, that's it. Cool, we're done with ad reads. So. Ooh-wee-you, I look just like Buddy Holly. Uh-oh, and you're Mary Tyler Moore. Tyler, welcome to the show. I formally apologize <clears throat> for Braxton's uh, – he likes to make humor out of people's appearances and or anything he can find to – 
make fun of it in, in the best of ways. Yeah, but why would you even say that? It has nothing to do with his appearance. It took about six days into my Air Force career. Yeah, it took about six days into my Air Force career before somebody named me Mary. So uh, I'm used to it. Yeah, I'm sure, man. It's it's obvious, uh, unfortunate, but it is what it is. That's awesome, man. So, Tyler, welcome to the show. Uh, this is good because we honestly have Bill's not been talking to enough veterans lately. We've lowered our standards, and we've just been having some libertarians on, and that's a good thing because we have good conversations. For, having me. I appreciate it. for sure, for sure. Am I lagging behind, Brax? No, it seems to be Tyler, and it's uh, it's not the worst. It's uh, just be mindful of it, and it wouldn't. It's not going to be too bad for the listeners. Awesome. Well, Tyler, we'll kind of do this so that you can definitely do a lot of talking then so we don't have to do too much back and forth to confuse everybody. But tell us about uh, how you became a libertarian, first of all, and how you got involved in this movement or even thinking about these things. Sure. So I just moved closer to my router so that might help me out a little bit. So um as far as I remember, it's one of those kind of things that kind of grew out organically. So I'm not sure if I have a a um, epiphany type moment. You know, I really have of it. I remember <clears throat> in the 2012 election, it was uh, that was Romney versus Obama, and then you had Ron Paul run as a third party. So I couldn't logically vote for Obama because you know, growing up in South Alabama, you know, like you don't. Democrats, like you, you know the holes in their policies from an early age. Uh, but I couldn't, also could not uh, morally vote for Romney because I was starting to come to the conclusion. I was like, wait a second, why the why the hell is the government telling two consenting men that they can't get married? Like that doesn't that doesn't add up to me. Uh, and it didn't. The South right. Alabama understands that. Yeah, and I mean, I was like, what the fuck is this about? So I was like, eh, what else is there? So I started looking into Ron Paul. Uh, and that's what I ended up voting for. Um, and then I read in the Fed, and that just you know blew my mind. And that was it. Was, I guess the rest is history. But I, I guess that was probably my epiphany moment. Maybe I did have one after all. Hmm. That's cool. So another another child of Ron Paul. That's awesome, man. I, I just yeah. think that there's. I was talking to my fiance about this yesterday, but I think there's just no other moment in uh, in history that will ever get as much credit for bringing the most people into this movement and these ideas as, as Ron Paul and those two races he ran in a row. So that's dope. I'm a child of Ron Paul too. He's yeah, uh, he's dope. He's the goat. Yeah, for sure. For sure. He's getting on up there, man. I saw, I saw him on a podcast or something the other day and he's, he's aging, man. But um, yeah, true. Hopefully he lives till 120. That'd be cool. <laughs> The oldest lady in Japan just died the other day. She was 119. So if he can beat that. Oh, wow. Damn. That'd be awesome. Yeah. So, Tyler, uh, how did you get plugged in with Braxton, and how did you kind of find out about about us or vice versa? How did Braxton find you? Yeah. So um, I've been, like I said, a libertarian, uh, libertarian minded since at least 2012. So, and then also been in the Air Force since 2013. So, um, I was kind of looking for a political home, you know what I mean? So I found out that there was a, a, a veterans caucus and I was like, Oh, that seems the perfect place for me. So um, I think I reached out to the Facebook group or something like that. And then uh, Mike Lima uh, or Lima. Yeah. Hooked me up. So he's the best man. That's awesome. Yeah. 
are you gonna are you are you interested in like getting involved in in your state and kind of running some stuff i want to um i had talked to mike before about doing like the regional stuff but um i i'm gonna have to pull back i'm afraid i just with i got the new job and i'm studying for some stuff and i I don't have the hours in the day to devote to the job that it needs. So, um, but I, I owe him a conversation on that. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I completely relate to that. And uh, yeah. I think that's, you know, a problem with a lot of libertarians is we got a lot of things we're trying to balance and this movement's extremely important, but we still got to pay our bills too. So it's, it's a balance. Yeah, yeah. Don't so. get burned out. Yeah. I forgot it completely uh, slipped my mind that the two of you had not, uh, you know, been acquainted uh, just from veteran caucus stuff. Yeah. Will, it was his idea. He's the founder, he's the chair, but, uh, he misses a meeting every once in a while, but, uh, <laughs> I'm the worst, I'm the worst chair ever. That's, that's for sure. <laughs> it's tough, man. Uh, like, you're, you're not like a Republican or Democrat that gets paid uh, 200K a year to do this as a job. You know what I mean? This sure. is like a, a side gig, you know, it's, it's yeah. a lot. Exactly, man. And I'm, I'm really involved with my state affiliate and that kind of gets my priority as far as day to day attention most of the time. So it's it's yeah, I get it. Are you really involved with the state affiliate or is that just an excuse? Oh, I am. I am. <laughs> All right. So so Tyler, uh, what do you tell us about like your military career and stuff? Because we really haven't gone to anybody's military background in forever. And I know you told sure. me. But... Yeah. So um, I was I was telling or, or, you're Braxton, right? You're you're not Will on the on the right hand of my screen. You're He's Will. Braxton. You're not Will. Okay, you are confusing me. Yes, I was telling Braxton earlier about. Um, so I I actually did like I commissioned in 2013, um, but I did OTS, so I did not go to ROTC. And it was looking back, you know, to I me, mean? it was a good thing. I wasn't ready for. I wasn't mature enough for ROTC at that point, so I was able to go. You know, just do college. Um, and then went to OTS. I'm from Alabama, so I drove like an hour north to Montgomery and went to Maxwell, um, which was good and bad, you know what I mean? Because I could look out the window and see my car and say, like, man, I could be home in my grandmother's kitchen in like an hour, you know what I mean? But I uh, made it through OTS. It's tougher than people think. Um, my first duty assignment was at the Air Force Research Lab in upstate New York um, in Rome, which is a pretty, pretty small site. It used to be uh, Griffiths Air Force Base. It was a missile base back in the 90s, but they um, they bracked it, uh, which it needed to be bracked. It needed to be shut down completely, honestly. But uh, that's Chuck Schumer's district and uh, some pretty powerful folks up there. So it didn't. So now it's just a little research lab. Um, and I was stationed up there for like three years. So from like 2013 to 2016, I got picked up for the uh, Air Force's grad school program. So I went to Dayton, Ohio at Wright Patterson, went to AFIT for two years, uh, had a three-year payback after that, and they sent me to JBSA Lackland. So that's where I currently live in San Antonio. Um, paid my time back. I finished up my my academic payback in like March of last year and then um, continued on until about September that's when I heard about the COVID vaccine mandate. And I was like, you know what? And I was telling Braxton this before too. It's like, I've, it had been bubbling under the surface for years of, of me getting out. Uh, and that was just the straw that broke the camel's back. So I said, you know what? Screw you guys. I'm going home. So um, I punched in uh, February of this year and we're sticking around San Antonio for now. Good, good for you, man. Congratulations on being a civilian and a veteran. 
And uh, that's freaking incredible because uh, I, I hope that I would have done the same thing under that kind of pressure. And I'm, yeah, I don't judge people that didn't, you know, I, I, it's a very diff- I've had guys come up to me and gals that were, you know, fellow officers and stuff that said, uh, she's like, you know, I, I took the shot, but I'm glad that you're not, you know what I mean? So yeah. it's like people and, and, you know, people with kids, like, yeah, I don't have kids. I have a wife that's very supportive. But I don't have kids. If I had kids, it could be in a completely different situation. You know? sure. so I, I don't I don't blame anyone. You know, it's just an unfortunate circumstance that we were all forced to go through, really. Have you heard of uh, the book, The Bomber Mafia? No, but I'm writing it down. It sounds really interesting, and I'm pretty sure, and I could be wrong because I've not read it either. Uh, I just heard kind of a synopsis of it, and uh, I'm pretty sure they developed uh, maybe the B-52 uh, at Maxwell, um, maybe during World War II. But it was pretty interesting because it was uh, it was at a bigger base, like, say, I mean, Edwards probably wasn't around. Um, I mean, technically the Air Force wasn't around, but uh, mm-hmm. it they talked about how they moved the program to Alabama. They kept moving it further and further away. So they'd have like less oversight from uh, generals and stuff like that. And then uh, that's what it was, was when it was them developing the uh, long range, higher altitude bombing capabilities and uh, really, really, really interesting. And we've talked about this before because it's very counterintuitive. Like, and I mean, again, I'm sh- well, actually, I know for a fact, the officer side is a little bit different, but uh, the lowly enlisted people, there's a saying like it's a one mistake air force. And uh, granted, most of the people I know that were kicked out were pretty big offenses. Like if you get one DUI, that's it. And, you know, I kind of understand that one to an extent. But everybody knows, you know, it's just the stakes that you play with. You know, if you mess up, you know, you get kicked out. So that is what it is. But just in Air Force history and culture, there is a history of like uh, being rebellious with uh, Billy Mitchell. You know what I mean? He was a really, really rebellious and uh Oh damn! Who was the Robin Olds? Yeah, yeah Robin that's Olds, that one. Exactly. Yeah, Robin Olds, guy. the Bomber Mafia. He has the same thing. They were just getting uh, micromanaged. Uh, yeah. Everybody wanted to put their two cents in on how to do this, do that. So, but I thought that was pretty. That's how they ended up in Alabama. They just kept moving the base and moving the project until people felt like uh, or didn't feel like following them anymore. Nice. Yeah. So I told Braxton too. I have a. Uh two loud winter dogs that are very spontaneous <laughs> with their barking. So I apologize, but uh, Robin Holt, I mean, everybody does mustache March in the air force now uh, as a tribute to him and people forget what he was doing it for. So, you know, the, the regs say, you know, not past your lips or whatever. So I yes. grow my mouth as far as I can get it. Yeah. Um, every year I did that because that's the point. You know what I mean? The point is to break the rules. And I had a, a the vice wing commander of my last uh, wing came up to me and said, Hey, uh, is that mustache and rigs? And this was during March. You know what I mean? And I said, no, sir. He said, it needs to be tomorrow. I said, all right, copy that. I was like, man, you don't, you don't even, you don't get it. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Seriously though. Seriously. It's the chicken shit. They don't realize that that's the kind of thing that, you know, keeps people from, from thriving, being happy, and maybe maybe keeps them from going in the war whenever it's that like, yeah. last day. They got to push forward a little look more, and they need that little bit of morale, or they don't, yeah. and they lose it, you know? So yeah, that's the truth. Look at the Germans, the way they treated people in World War II. I mean, that's – yeah, and Japanese. You get – well, that's Good different. Those people were just crazy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just tried to read the book, um, The Rape of Nanking, and I couldn't finish it. It was too much, man. Jeez, wow. Man. Yeah. yeah. It was I heard on a, uh, it's a hardcore history, which is a pretty fantastic podcast. The supernova in the East. Um, It's like a six part 
podcast on the war in the Pacific. Well, actually, it starts off the first maybe two episodes are just about Japanese history. So because you kind of need to to understand how. But um, all the episodes are like six hours long and it's a six part series. So, I mean, but they talk about um, in the Pacific, the Japanese, they uh, and this is just a very small example, obviously. But they there was an instance where they killed this Australian soldier and then uh, they strung him up and the officer had someone, you know, in the whatever platoon that could speak English. They strung him up and they made a sign that says we tortured him for like five hours before we killed him. And they left that sign in English. And the reason that they did that is um, not only to demoralize the American troops, but uh, so the other, so the Joes in the unit knew that if they were caught, that they would not be treated all right. You see what I'm saying? They made it to where they thought death was better than surrender. You know, that they liked those odds better. So they would do Mm -hmm. crazy things like that. That shit's insane, man. It is insane. It's crazy to think that a and, and Japan was I don't say they weren't civilized before the war, but they weren't like necessarily modern. You know what I mean? They had modernized pretty quickly. Um, so that that's crazy how a society could go that far. Same thing with the Germans. Another thing that's crazy is how right after we were friends, you know what I mean? I'm sure there's still like you have old timers now, we don't have any WW2 vets around, but they still don't like Japanese people. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Up until the day they died. Uh, but for the most part, you know, we don't consider Japanese, German people. Like, I don't, what, what's the problem there? Um, and that's crazy to think of, you know, societies that have, gun, have done that. And then the, the, from the perspective of history, that's the blink of an eye, you know, since World War II. And we're already mm-hmm. over it. Like, that's equally insane to me. It's kind of a beautiful, like, testament to individualism kind of taken over once once war's over it's like people realize that well you know some people are guilty of really horrendous things and that's mm-hmm. obvious but you can't hold society guilty as a whole and as soon yeah. as you know they move on past that really germans are, are good people they've done good things since then japanese people as well like those central powers and governments that rule people and push them to do things and force them to do things are the problem not not the entire society as a whole yeah for sure but interesting point i would say the uh, less nationalistic that country is, the less of a problem it is. It really is the government that's the problem because think of someone, and I mean, I'm not trying to be um, really like rude or anything like that, but if it was a Russian or a Chinese, I feel like those feelings that they harbor would last a lot longer than a German or Japanese person. And that's not a racial thing. It's just the nature of their government, their politics, you know what I mean? Like communism. So, I mean, that's, you know, the state is part of your life. So, I mean, that's, I don't know. That's how it's. I don't actually know any Chinese people or any Russian people, but uh, certainly in movies, that's how it's kind of portrayed. You know, like uh, yeah. But I, so I would say the more nationalistic a country is, the longer those feelings, those bad feelings, last afterwards, and the least uh, less nationalist they are, the quicker they go away, and everybody can yeah get along on an individual level. And the bigger risk there is for it to take off in the first place, you know, because you've got nobody gives a shit about nationalism. You have some idiot like Hitler be like, hey, we're going to take Germany to the next level. We're going to, like, build the greatest power ever. And everyone's like, shut up, dude. We're, we're smoking weed and we're doing our own yeah. thing now. <laughs> Something so, Will and I talk about a lot. Nobody asks you about your race uh, more than the government does. Uh, it's yeah, yeah, it's really true. weird. You know what I mean? Like when you're signing up to vote or like if you're applying for jobs, it's like, oh, what race do you identify as? You know, I don't think I've ever asked a person that, you know what I mean? Like, 
Yeah, seriously, it's like they're they want the the lines between races were literally starting to disappear in a physical way, right? Because of genes blending and stuff, yeah. but in an intellectual way too, because we stopped like our generation does not really see people by race as much. And I know that leftists would claim that I'm an absolute racist for saying that, but I don't think that we do as much. Um, I think we see them, but I don't think we judge them. I don't think we have near as much deep seated like racism in our generation. Um, forgot where I was going with that. Damn, lost my train of thought. But anyway, important statement though, important statement. Yeah. So Tyler, something I always want to ask is like, you know, Brax and I are vets and we did the transition from the military and it's probably a little better for an officer, I'd hope, but you know, it's, it can be a difficult transition. So what are you doing? How'd you kind of reconcile with that? How are things going for you? So yeah, I'm still working through it. Honestly, uh, I had a mentor at my last um, assignment here in San Antonio. He was a retired major. He was prior enlisted major. He was from Alabama, went to the same school as I did. Very, very similar um, life trajectories. Um, and he told me, he's like, get ready. You're not going to be ready for it, but try to get ready for it. Mm -hmm. And uh, he was right. You know what I mean? Like, it, it's a weird, it's a weird thing. Uh, and going from my last position, um, I was like running a team of like, you know, 15 folks that were then running teams of 10 people a piece, just a lot of responsibility. And now I work for a, a great company, but I'm like a, a data engineer, you know, like a data analyst, which is um, a great job. And I'm very thankful for it. But it's just mentally, it's like a, a 180, you know what I mean? Um, and I thought whenever I was picking between, you know, I was fortunate to have multiple opportunities. I was kind of picking between the top two that I wanted. And I picked this one because I knew, I just knew, you know, this is going to be, it. this is going to be like, you know, the place for me. And I found that it's a little, a little void, you know what I mean? Um, of, of what I was looking for. So I'm still finding myself, you know what I mean? It's been like three months, you know what I mean? So I've got to, I try to pull back and give myself a perspective, like a lifelong perspective. You know, when I'm 80 years old sitting, you know, on my yacht, as Michael Scott says, it's like, I'm yes. This is going to be like a little blip on the radar that everything turned out fine and yeah. everything worked out great. So I try to keep that perspective, uh, but it's tough, man. Like I, I've honestly, like it's one of the reasons why I wanted to get a, uh, involved with you guys. I'm thinking about going down to the BFW, hanging out with a bunch of old dudes. You know what I mean? Just because, you know, like I miss that stuff. Um, and and I didn't, I was a program manager. You know what I mean? Like I didn't, I wasn't like on the flight line or, you know, flying sorties and shit. So um, I can imagine folks, you know, that were very gung ho and, you know, Kool-Aid drinking. But it, it's tough. Yeah. I, w I was pretty Kool-Aid drinking, but I had, I had a couple years of really like, trying to figure things out one year specifically yeah. i was eating lots of lots of pedro pans i call them braxton always makes fun of it but peanut butter and honey and tortillas it was like it was like my, my dinner every night yeah exactly. no it's a will thing it's a real thing <laughs> no it's not fun. no is it yeah. i've never heard of that so i don't I, so i went for a run earlier today and i said like, man i feel why am i still running you know what i mean what am i doing like I, I, I've one thing the Air Force taught me I'll carry with me the rest of my life. And coming from Alabama, like, there's a reason why we're the fattest state in the nation. It's like we eat good, uh, we drink sweet tea, all that bad stuff. And um, one thing the Air Force has taught me that I'll carry with me is like, man, garbage in, garbage out. You know what I mean? So um, I'm trying to keep after it a little bit. That's that's important. I feel like the physical side of it is really like the best way to. Literally, you're taking drugs, right? You're giving your brain drugs. Yeah. You might as yeah. well keep doing it and get it, you know, get addicted yeah. to them. 
good for you. Yeah, for sure. Well, uh, what are the what are your plans going forward? Do you uh, want to do more in the movement? Are you uh, you know just going to kind of keep watching things and kind of seeing where you fit? Yeah. Um, so I haven't made. I've been keeping this a little close to the chest, but I yeah I trust this, that we're in the circle here. So um, I've actually circled around and and landed on law school. I think. Um, so I've been studying for the LSAT. I've got the GI Bill. You know what I mean? If and I don't have kids, like if I don't use it, it's going to go away. So, um, you know, I was looking for something that, again, taking that lifelong perspective, I want it to have meant something. You know what I mean? What can I do that would make a freaking difference? Even if it's like, uh, you know, the Institute for Justice that's fighting um, eminent domain cases for like onesie, twosie people. That's freaking important, man. That shit is important. Uh-huh. Um, and that's what I want to do. And and this job that I'm in now, I think, helped me get to that point because I said, man, this is a good paying job with a great company and it's not doing it for me. You know what I mean? Yeah. What, what's missing here? Yeah. And it's because I, I, I want to do something that's going to have an impact on somebody else's life from, from a, um, I don't say libertarian point of view, but from a libertarian point of view. Leave people the fuck alone. Yeah. Man. Uh, it just infuriates me. Like I, I sit there and I listen to stuff about Edward Snowden being um, exiled in Russia or eminent domain in San Antonio. They're going to do the freaking Elon Musk tube, meat, meat tube or whatever. And it's like, I drive to work and I'm driving, right? And I'm thinking, I'm listening to shit on NPR. And I was like, man, this shit is, pisses me off so bad. Like, how can these people, I'm looking around and they're just driving to work like any old day. And it's like, so am I, you know what I mean? I'm doing the mm-hmm. same shit. And at a certain point, you, you got to live your freaking life, you know what I mean? But um, if there's a some way I can fight back, then I think that's what I want to do. So um, that's my goal right now. It's a, uh, it's a long shot. So I've, I'm 32. No. Well, I'm 32, and don't um, think of it like that. Like 36, I, I'm trying not to. I'm trying not to. This is you the, not, the yeah, you got this. That we're going through my head. Uh, I'll we be 30. Go be a libertarian lawyer. Yeah, man. So th- there's a, a great organization. I've never talked to them, but they're the Institute for Justice, and they literally go around fighting those cases. They just, I think, in Oklahoma, actually, uh, they fought a case against a lady that was. Uh, she had her hair braiding business shut down because she didn't have a license for fucking yeah. hair braiding. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, fuck off, man. Yeah. Uh, and they won that case and got like a, you know, six, seven figure freaking, you know, settlement for. Her. And that's, that's, that's the Lord's work right there in my mind. Right, man. I'm actually, I'm running for labor commissioner in Oklahoma, which is a state race. And you're the, the department of labor is like CEO. And so part of what I'm running on is occupational licensing reform and trying to change really? it. And really, for that kind of shit, I would want it to not exist at all, like cosmetology and yeah, stuff. Yeah. Even for the important ones, I want to make it so that businesses don't pay the license and the fees and everything attached to it until they turn a profit. So if they're up and going and they never make it, they don't ever pay. But if they report a quarterly profit, then they can pay their license fee. Because to me, it's it's so screwed up to just have the state be an extra burden on people already trying to start yeah. a business. Yeah. So it, I just saw a tweet the other day and I don't know how real it is. I, you know, I don't fact check everything, but it was David Hogg, the, uh, the anti-gun kid from Parkland. Parkland. He said, man, the, the government keeps trying to just stop me from starting my own business. I'm just trying to license fees and shit. It's like, yeah, dude, welcome to the movement. <laughs> yeah. Welcome. Welcome to being a gun owner. You know, yeah. 
he's an idiot but yeah seriously he, he has some dumb tweets there was one i saw the other day i wish i could remember it but it was like it was like i mean there's like dumb like you disagree with libertarianism and there's just dense and this was yeah. bad i saw but, another one it was about like uh from him and again the fact check me um i don't know if y'all have live fact checkers on here but but, oh, yeah, uh, <laughs> but it was like um about how like i'm anti-authoritarian it's something about vladimir putin probably but somehow anti-authoritarian he is like dude you want to confiscate people's weapons by force like that's pretty fucking authoritarian but people don't realize you know they don't know uh -huh. the one that i saw i forget exactly what he said but he was like um why do you need a license to drive a car in america but not a license to murder somebody <laughs> it was like wait what <laughs> it's not legal to murder somebody bro but just some dumb shit it's but, sad because he has an audience and people believe him. Yeah, people believe that stupid stuff, but man, it is what it most is. of the world is sheep, and we literally yeah. just have to accept that and completely ignore it because three percent founded this country, three percent started the revolution and fought it. We don't need to give a shit about the big the big numbers because the average yeah. person is just gonna listen to whatever the news says. We're yeah. only fighting, we're honestly just fighting the people smart enough to know what the fuck's going on in the other two parties, and that's it. That's, that's the truth, man. That's the truth. It's a sad truth, but it's the truth. Yeah, but it's to, also uh, happened here. Listening to an audiobook earlier, it's about like the great revolutions in in, in history. And it's talking about our revolution, of course, and talks about Sam Adams, who's often overlooked. Um, but he essentially like dramatized and fantasticized all these news we would call it fake oh, news yeah. today but oh, like yeah. the uh, the boston massacre he had embossed in bronze uh the day after it happened or some crazy yeah. shit depicting like these red coats just gunning down civilians that were running away and that's not the way the story was sure but he you know he tweeted it first and that's that's what kind of caught the movement so it's funny how like you know we talk about fake news today it's like man America wouldn't be here potentially without, without propaganda. You know what I mean? It takes it, like you said, a lot of people are sheep. So maybe it takes a you know somebody to to breadcrumb them in the right direction. Sometimes people have been manipulating people for a very long time for the sake of power. Yeah, and true. we have to. I want us to be the first to not do it. I want us to have an approach of we're educating yeah. people. We're teaching you not to be manipulated. Um, yeah. But I love. I like that you brought that up. And also, John Hancock was like really invested invested in tea exports and he had some kind of problem with a specific importer supposedly and he had a lot to do with the the boston tea party i just think that the boston history yeah. of the revolution is by far my favorite part of it it's insane. like yeah. paul revere uh, joseph warren is like one of my heroes he was a doctor who was part of the that boston was uh party. sam adams best friend I, so I, yeah. was, I literally just listened to it on my run Dude, yeah, um, Joseph Warren is freaking that, awesome. Whenever he died, they said that was the turn. That was the point of no return for Sam Adams at that yeah. point. Because yeah, there was no there was no light switch that was flipped where everybody said, "Okay, America, we all want independence now." Like people were on the fence. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Even Sam Adams, they still wanted to reconcile the British. Like the 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 formulation of America had not come to fruition yet. Yeah. But he said, whenever his best friend died, Doctor Warren yep. at Bunker Hill. That was it for him. He lit the fire to him after that. He yeah. had like a, a, a Massachusetts paper that he wrote in. So. He was a crazy motherfucker. So he was a physician, but he wanted to fight in the front lines. He said, fuck no, I want to be out there in the blood. I believe in liberty. And, and Warren was not, he was way more radical. He had always been a part of the, uh, like the anti-federalists or whatever. No, that's not liberty that probably. But uh, the what? Sons of Liberty, that's who did like the boss. Oh, definitely that. But he was yeah. part of like an actual formal party. 
that also oh, okay. that was kind of working like within the the normal government there. Mm -hmm. um, but anyway, he was freaking awesome. So on the anniversary of the Boston massacre, he gave like this phenomenal speech, and I quoted on the Veteran Caucus a lot, and I love it. I just like it makes it relates so much to today. And then he came back a year later, and he wore a toga to like back then. That was a really like dramatic. Yeah. Like, you know, that person's got some shit to say. And he dropped another freaking fire. Look up Joseph Warren's Boston Massacre oh, speeches. Because that shit will make you, that will energize you to become the best libertarian lawyer we've ever goddamn had. And we need one. I don't know. Well, I mean, uh, not to discourage anybody from being a lawyer at all. But I, the only problem I have with that, because I see the idea, but I just, the stat system is so broken. That's kind of like, uh, you know, I'm not sure that we can achieve what we want to through the, you know, political system that we have now. Mm -hmm. um, and I feel the same way because even, because uh, the law is supposed to be blind and it's supposed to be like we have these set of rules and um, the winner in a courtroom is supposed to be the person you know, who can explain their position the best. And I mean, you know, they might both be wrong or they might both be right, but it's supposed to be a black and white issue. Um, but I just feel like it's not even, you know what I mean? Just because I, I think it's, you know, the same reason we don't get uh, some of the traction that we deserve in the global politics game, uh, yeah. just because it's just, it's still not fair, even in that setting where it's supposed to be the most black and white, you know, all the bullshit and frills aside, I still don't think it's as black and white as it should be. Uh, but yeah, like I said, not to discourage anybody cause that would be dope and that, uh, still be fighting a good fight. And, uh, I, I've said it on Facebook before, but not like out loud. Uh, Will is close personal friends with, uh, JBH, Jacob, bench henchman joe bishop henchman joe no, bishop henchman i'm not personal friends with him but i do follow him on everything and i'm, I'm a peacemaker so i i'm not gonna like you know just like badmouth the guy or like i know i know, hate I know. him you know i'm just not like that but uh i i hear what braxton's saying tyler but i want to encourage you to do this i think that you totally should and mm -hmm. i feel like you know i've thought about this exact same thing and considered it and I feel like my role is not to be in those weeds because those weeds are not for my brain. They're very hard for me. And I feel like I'm a better use, you know, just telling people what libertarianism means from the outside to kind of try to undo that system. But we damn sure do need people to get in it and to be part of that from the inside and to know how that system operates right now today. So you're exactly right. So it keeps somebody, you know, from having a highway go through their freaking front yard or their house or, yeah. you know, keep somebody from getting ripped off or maybe even gets them out of jail whenever they shouldn't be there for victimless crime or something. So, I mean, it's, I, I totally agree with you, Braxton. I think the system's broken, but we still need people fighting it, even if it is. Yeah, I think I we have to take a multi-pronged approach. There's like yeah. the, you know, we're going to fight it from a cultural standpoint, which yep. is what y'all are doing. This is what this podcast is doing. Mm -hmm. Um, there's the courtroom where you could potentially fight it, which like I'm like with you, Braxton. It's like, I don't know if that's going to do a whole lot, um, but maybe, you know, the, like these states are now passing all these constitutional carry laws. Like that's a middle finger to the federal government. That's why they're yeah, doing that. Is. And these medical or not even medical marijuana, just marijuana laws in general. Now that's also a middle finger. So I think yep. the court system uh, from a state's right perspective, that's where I see the most hope. Yeah. Um, and then if, if those fail, then, you know, you fight it in the streets and, and nobody wants that. You know what I mean? Nobody wants um, but right. there's going to be a certain point where I'm afraid, like we look at China and the crazy authoritarian dysentopian 84 shit they're doing over there right now. Um, but they're doing some things that 
work pretty well, like their social credit system, their uh, their vaccine passports, all this stuff that they're doing where they're tracking cashless society. They're almost a, a strictly cashless society. And um, I'm sorry, but um, those kinds of things, I think, will entice our leadership. And say, man, look at that. Boy, what if we had that? It, it is. It yeah, exactly is. So I think that we we do have a, a battle brewing in this country um, that we, like I said, multi pronged approach. We all need to be mentally and and have our skills ready. So, mm-hmm. 100%. and too many libertarians spend time fighting like it's black or white, either or. And it's like, no, it's we need to be people in the party. We need people like you said making podcasts yeah. out on the street. You know, teaching their neighbor how to handle a firearm appropriately and shoot it. Yeah. Yeah, um, you know, big taxes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, stop paying taxes like freaking Tyler Outlaw Barber here. The man is a true agorist. I mean, a true. So agorist. I saw, yeah, I saw somebody post about agorism, and you know, being um, a federal employee for the last nine years of my life, I was never able to do much tax evasion. But um, right, yeah, I still can't do a whole lot. But yeah, I want to try to do as much as I can. If it's fucking go into a flea market, you know, that's tax evasion. So. Oh yeah, farm market, farmers market, yeah, grow your own garden. That's tax evasion. That's get rainwater, you know, and filter it. Yep. Hell yeah, man. Well, uh, anything else that you would like to plug, or you know, kind of shout out to, or talk about before we wrap up? Uh, no, just uh, thanks again. Uh, I honestly, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I wasn't sure if I, if it would be you know, a, a pleasant experience. You never know. You know, they've never done a podcast before, but uh, I thoroughly enjoyed it. You guys are, are uh, fighting the good fight. Hey, one of our favorite guests already. Uh, come back soon, if you would. Seriously. Yeah, for sure. And, man. Uh, we'll I'd love to. Thanks, man. And we'll see you on the uh, Discord server, of course. And then we actually, something Will and I talk about all the time, we kind of, well, it sounds, I'm actually not going to say that because it sounds a lot worse than it is. The Veteran Caucus, uh, we are held up a little bit waiting on our, uh, waiting on the IRS actually, but we are trying to get some stuff going. Uh, I don't know, just maybe just grow the community aspect of it yeah, more. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, we'll be talking to you and uh, yeah, we'd love to have you on again later. And uh, Any really ideas you have, it. man, any ideas you want to contribute or come up with, let us know any role you want. You manage like 15, 10 man teams. We could definitely use your brain yeah, uh, for sure. So consider it, you know, but uh, I know, I know that you're just getting, you know, used to civilian life and it's a transition and you're married. So don't, don't uh, feel any pressure, but consider it. I, appreciate and it. I know we're trying to wrap up, but in the caucus, there's plenty of people without a uh, title that contribute just as much yeah. as those of us with a title. So, I mean, there's no uh, obligation or anything like that. Yeah. Everything you give us, uh, we're mighty appreciative of, and uh, we geographically we're pretty close to each other. So I imagine uh, we'll, we'll see you at some libertarian event in the near future. Also. Hell yeah, man. Look forward but, to it. Also, if you do want a badass title, just let us know. Cause we dish them out like, the, yes, the, correct. The <laughs> correct. Hell yeah. All right, appreciate well, I appreciate it. Fellas. We'll talk to y'all soon. Later, Thanks, man. Sir. Oh, sorry. We had the same idea. We do it all the time, but great stuff. Dude. That was awesome. Awesome guy. Yeah, dude, I wanted to talk to him more about officer stuff, uh, which maybe we'll save it for next time. I wanted to, cause you know, yeah. the air force is the only branch that warrant officers. And, um, you know, my, uh, or I guess our buddy Jack, mm-hmm. his one. Of, so his will, his best friend, uh, in tech school was, um, also, 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 What's what's bull talking about? I don't know. We go ahead. Um, 
Jack. So Jack, Jack's best friend in tech school, he commissioned. He actually he got to go to the Air Force Academy like Lee did. And um, he's a pilot, but right now he doesn't fly a plane. He has some sort of office job, which is just oh. a funny kind of officerism. Another thing we could talk to Tyler right. about. But um, Jack was we saying, like, I think. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Great guest. Um, but Jack was telling me that, uh, <clears throat> and I'm fudging up the details, but I think it was while he was at the academy, but the Air Force gave everybody in his class like a $40,000 loan uh, to go and invest, like an interest, a $40,000 interest-free loan. That's, and, I, I don't know if I believe that. All right. Thank you, everybody, for watching. Um, I got to look it up. Yeah, I'll I'll get some more details, but um, oh yeah, bull's right. Yeah, we were uh, okay. Time to wrap up. But anyways, you know, yeah, it's very true, very true. Uh, but I'll get you some more details. But the whole point of that is just, and I mean, I'm not even complaining, but it is at the even if you don't want to complain, at the very least, it's interesting. The difference, just the difference between officers and, and enlisted, just the fact that there is a difference. And um, Jenny's watching The Office. Fantastic fantastic just the difference yeah but okay well next week guys we have outlaw barber mr tyler he's gonna be here on this show six o'clock so looking forward to that that's gonna be awesome he's an agorist anarchist got some dope information and then tomorrow night we've got 6 p.m myself and bootleg will be right back here so don't miss out come back braxton or he's anything else you'd like to plug sir um notarealpodcast.com uh oops oh that's the wrong one jeez yeah notarealpodcast.com um if anybody in the audience wants to uh be on the show uh reach out to will darty on the facebook or um bull says november 9th that's gonna be a very highly sought after day bull but we might get you a few weeks before that but election day that will be done what what day of the week is that because i was gonna say if it's uh I don't know. But hey, I've got to eat food. I'm what are you eating for dinner? I don't know, but I'm going to go. Oh, it is out. a Wednesday. Yes, I'm saying right now. I'm in charge of scheduling and Bull will be on here November 9th. All right, cool. Goodbye, right, everybody. Well, go ahead. With what? I thought you were going to close the show. Oh, yeah. Thanks for being here. Mm-hmm.